And Matthew 7 complements 5 and 6 very well. And 5, 6, and 7, if you didn't know, that is all one message Jesus is preaching to the disciples. And it was good. Like literally at the end of Matthew 7, it says, the disciples were amazed at these words. And man, these are so rich and valuable. And again, I believe if you apply this, this will change your life because it changed my life. Um, So before we read it, Let's just ask the Holy Spirit again. We can never pray too much, so let's pray. God, we love you. Lord, I thank you for your word. It is so rich and valuable, and what a gift it is. Holy Spirit, I thank you that Matthew 7 is inspired by you, written by you through Matthew. And again, help us to understand it and let it be saturated in our heart tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so... um, Let's just kick things right off and read into it, okay? Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Okay, so this is an interesting scripture. So have you all heard of the story I talked about whenever I called out the uh, street preacher? Uh, they were at my college campus, and they were just kind of preaching hellfire and brimstone. So I went and kind of called them out on it. And so while I was there, a bunch of the students around me, they were yelling that scripture. They're like, the Bible says don't judge. Now, there's truth to that, but there's context to this that is really important to know. So uh, let's keep reading in verse 3 to verse 6, and then we'll break this down because this is really good and it's really important for us to understand the entirety of judging, okay? So why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Verse 6, do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If, if you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. So um, there's, there's kind of a lot here, okay? So it doesn't, Jesus isn't just saying, don't judge. He's saying, don't judge or you too will be judged. And there's, in a, in a sense, there, there's righteous judgment where judgment helps you grow. So, verse 6 really helps us understand the context of this. So, these street preachers are at my college campus, and they're just saying, repent or you're going to hell. They are saying this to a bunch of non-believers. They are, so the first thing they're hearing, like, it is just, it doesn't sound good because they are just saying, repent or you're going to hell to a bunch of non-believers. So in verse 6, it's saying don't throw pearls to pigs. Why? That, there's not a time or a place to throw pearls to pigs because pigs don't know the value of pearls. It's just, it's unfruitful and unproductive. Just like if um, I... If somebody was at a party and people are, being, are, are drunk and stuff, that is probably not the time to present the gospel because they are in sin and their heart posture is probably not in a position to receive what you are saying. So 
there, there is a time and a place. And so don't judge or you too will be judged for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And so it's saying don't judge people as a hypocrite. If you're saying, hey, don't do this sin while you're into sin, that is hypocritical. That is unfruitful. That is unproductive. Now, as fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, if we see one, of each, one another uh, in sin and they're stumbling, I think it is good and beneficial for us to say, hey, I've noticed you are falling here. Let's be better, okay? And it's important for us as Christians to have the maturity to take that and not be offended. So just know what Jesus is saying in Matthew 6. There's a time and a place. There's a context to things, okay? So Matthew 7, most of you know it. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. So there is a, a thing called the red car theory, okay? So I want to ask you, how many red cars did you see on your drive here to youth tonight? Just probably four, zero. Okay, you could guess, you could give me a number, but it would not be accurate, would it? No. Why? You weren't paying attention for red cars. You weren't looking for red cars. Now, let's say next week, I say, hey, if you can tell me the exact number of red cars that you see, I will give you $100. You better believe that you are going to be looking for every single red car on your way here, right? And if I come and ask you and say, how many red cars did you see? You can confidently give me an answer because you found the exact amount of red cars. Why? Because you were looking for them. There is opportunity all around us. And in Matthew 7, 7, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. There is opportunity to grow with God every single day. There is opportunity to grow the kingdom of God every single day. There is an opportunity after opportunity every single day. But are you looking for it? Are you looking to enhance your relationship with the Lord? Are you looking to... Uh, we're about to see here later, are you looking to live out the golden rule, treat other people how you want to be treated? Are you looking for these opportunities? You know, funny story, I mean, this is a prime example. So uh, Hannah and I, we just got a car, and it's a nice blue color, and I love it, and I've never seen that car in that blue before. But since I just bought it, I just saw another one. Why? Because I'm noticing it. I'm looking for that car. When I see it, it is easy to find. And when we are looking for the presence of God, it is easy to find and be in the presence of God. When we are looking for his peace and his love, it is easy to find when we're seeking after it, when we're knocking. There is opportunity to grow every single day, but are you looking for it? There is something so powerful when we seek and when we find and when we knock. Because in verse 8, it says, For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened to you. In verse 9, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? Verse 11, if you then, though you are evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Jesus is saying, here on earth, we can give good gifts. 
And how much more can your heavenly Father give good gifts? He knows what you need. And for instance, I mean, let's like just think on a practical level. The people who are really close to you, they could guess and give, get you a gift that you would probably like. But what do they still do? They ask you. Because they want to know what you want. And Jesus, God, he knows what you need. But he wants you to ask. There is something so powerful when we are seeking God. In, verse, or in Matthew chapter 5, we got to be poor in spirit. we got to be completely dependent on God because he knows you. He loves you. He knows what you need, but are you asking for what you need? Man, there's been so many times in my life where there's a, time, there's a moment where I, I, I maybe be feeling stressed or overwhelmed, and I'm like, God, please help me. And then it's like I almost instantly feel better. And I was like, why didn't I just start with that, you know? It's like whenever I seek God, I find him because that's how good he is. So let's keep reading. This is good stuff. In uh, verse 13, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. I mean, this really sums up our culture and our world. Living in the culture and going with the flow and doing what our flesh wants, that is easy. Everybody's going to go there. That is, a, that is a broad gate. You're going to see a lot of people. But living a life with Christ, that is a narrow gate, a narrow road. It is harder, but much more worth it. I mean, think about it. Um, why isn't everybody a professional athlete making millions and millions of dollars? It's hard. <laughs> they have to seek that discipline every day. They got to be in that discipline every day. But they do what nobody does, and they live like nobody does. And I think this is similar to what Jesus is saying. If you follow me, it is a harder road. You're going to have to put in some work, but it's going to be worth it. If you do what nobody does, you're going to live like nobody does. Right? In Matthew chapter 5, we are salt and light. Those are good and valuable things that enhance the world. It's hard, and it's worth it. Just like being a professional athlete, it is hard, but that paycheck is worth it, right? I mean, come on. I mean, doesn't that make sense? So let's keep reading. Man, this is good stuff. I love how relatable Jesus is. In uh, verse 15, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. But their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot.
cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. So again, there's this theme in Matthew 5 and 6 um, and 7. We need God. And, and, and as we seek him, we will find him. And it is important to know him and to have your identity into him. Because if we are, are looking to other people at, for our identity, we can get lost so easily. Even in the Christian world. Um, here's a prime example. Uh, I was, anyway, I was in high school. I don't know if it was 11th or 12th grade. But we had, uh, I went to a Christian school, and we had this uh, prophet come. And as soon as I, now I don't want to say he's a false prophet, but interesting things happened. As soon as I saw him and I heard him speak, there was just something like, I was like, I'm not connecting with this, you know? And so anyway, he starts uh, prophesying over these people and saying uh, what God is calling them to do, and, and people are having all these reactions, and it looks like a, a mighty move of God is happening. And he comes to me, and he says, Mark, you are called to be in government, and I sense that you are called to be a lawyer. And, and I mean, he said it in a very powerful, convincing way, but that did not bear witness with my spirit. I was like, not once have I ever thought about being a lawyer. And, and But if I would have took him of what he said as the word of God and I, and I pursued being a lawyer, boy, I would be lost out of my mind right now because that wasn't God's will. And I was able to see that wasn't, that wasn't good fruit, that wasn't God's will, and I was able to protect myself from that situation. But there are, I, I have heard stories of people prophesying over other people, and they are saying this all in the name of the Lord, but it really wasn't God's will. And these people have devoted, literally, I think, uh, I've heard this story, this lady devoted 10 years to, of her life to this false word that somebody gave her. And it is important as we are hearing the word, even as I am preaching, we need to be, I mean, when you know the word, let it bear witness with your spirit, like, Please keep me accountable to everything that I say, but I just want to say I value the Word of God, and this is my template, this is my book, this is my blueprint, and, and it is important for us to ask the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom and discernment, like, Lord, is this word from you? Is this prophet really coming in your name, or do they have their own agenda? That can save you big time, okay? And Jesus, I mean, he's warning us of this, because this is real. I've experienced it, I have seen it, I have heard it. And I hope you don't, but at least you are aware of it to protect yourself. So uh, verse 21, not everyone who says to me, okay, this is deep, yeah, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. You know, Satan believes in God. Believing in God alone doesn't get you to heaven. That relationship is pretty important. That repentance is pretty important. Just believing, that's not enough. 
I mean, you've probably seen that, you know, on somebody's Instagram bio, they got a nice scripture verse, and then you look at their feed, and they're like, I don't think that adds up. You know, <laughs> right? We got to seek God. We got to know him. Because just saying, yeah, I believe in God, that isn't enough. God wants something much more deep and much more real with you. So and in verse 24, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Men, when we build our life, our identity on Christ, it is hard, but it is worth it. Jesus is saying, it is hard. Few people are going to go that route, and that is how you live the life. And when you pursue me, when you ask, and when you knock, you, you are building your life on a firm foundation that will stand the test of time. Because pursuing uh, shallow relationships in the world and the culture and, and pursuing worldly things, that is, that is putting your life on the sand. That is building your life on the sand. And when storms come, you will get beat down. You will be defeated. But Jesus, our God, he is a victor. He is the king of kings. And when we build a foundation on that, that is powerful. That is never-ending. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this series. I hope and pray this brought value to your life. If you could do me a huge favor and hit the subscribe button, I would greatly appreciate it. Be blessed and be a blessing.